So, Wagat, well, you like scary movies, right? I love scary movies. I just love going through these really um, extreme circumstances from the comfort of my couch. Oh, my gosh. Well, the worst thing in the world is a haunted house. I hate those. They're so scary because you have to confront all your worst fears in a enclosed environment. Yeah, and then you have to live there, so you can't, like, go home to escape from the ghosts. Oh, yes. Well, the good thing about most Halloween and horror films are that they're fake. But it's usually the true stories that are the most horrifying. Like what? Like being hunted by a pack of wild dogs. Not just one dog. No, this is not Cujo, but a pack of wild dogs. Here's how it happened. Imagine you're on vacation in Italy. It's summer, and everything is wild and overgrown. And there's this one small mountain path that you love so much, and you go running up there every day. And every day, you pass a crumbling villa with a mangy fence and some mangy dogs. Usually they're behind the fence, but today, they're waiting for you. Today, they start to hunt you. And you can only do one thing. Try to outrun them. They are right behind me, and they start nipping at my heels, and they're like drooling and snarling, and I start thinking, oh my gosh, is this how I'm going to die? From Wondery, I'm Wagatoi Wanjuki. I'm Jenna Brister. This is I Survivor. show, we tell you about the attacks, the assaults, the manipulation, the fear, and the triumphs. About the people who fought back, who won, and who rise above their experience every single day. But for every horrifying tale of defeat, there's another story of triumph. This show is devoted to the people who fought back and won, and sometimes outrun danger. Whenever I go on vacation, I hope it's just going to be a time to relax. But my friend Kat Crow needed another vacation to recover from her Italian near-death vacation. Kat was in high school when she went to northern Italy with her boyfriend's family. She was staying in a small village in the mountains, which sounds beautiful, but rural villages come with rural problems, like the remote country hospital she ended up in when she was attacked by a pack of wild dogs. And Kat's story didn't end after the dog attack. She's terrified of needles, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And when she got to the small hospital... The nurses told her, in broken English, that she should get a rabies shot. But if she did, there was a chance she could contract HIV. What a nightmare of a situation. She's a teenager. She's in a foreign country. She's just been attacked by wild animals, bleeding, and now facing a huge decision that could save her life or diagnose her with something else altogether. What did Kat decide? Let's hear her story. Joining me in the studio today is Kat Crow, a stand-up comic and storyteller in Los Angeles, who also, just FYI, is afraid of needles. I like that you introed that I'm afraid of needles, yeah. because I do, <laughs> I am, and I think that's an important part of the story. I'm so scared of needles. My high school boyfriend at the time, Lane, invited me to go to Italy, to his family's vacation house in Tuscany. Ooh, yeah. That sounds beautiful. So nice. Like the most privileged thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and I was really excited to go to Italy because like I'm from Houston. And so before that, all I had pizza wise was Domino's. <laughs> yes. And I heard that Italy had pizza that was even better than Domino's. I was so into that. And also I wanted to get my nose pierced. Yes. So 
We flew in to Florence for the night before we drove to the countryside. Um, pretty much the first thing we do there, Lane and I escape his family and we go to this little dingy piercing shop that in Italy. That is so funny of a destination piercing. <laughs> yeah. Forget the museums. Forget the gelato. Right. Yeah. I need okay. to be like as far away from my mom as possible <laughs> to make this choice. So... Yeah, I wish that I could go into more of what that experience was like. Basically, I was just ready to like come back as a girl with a nose ring. Um, and so I was ready to face my fears. I completely blacked out, came to, and I have this nose ring, right? So I'm like on top of the world. Um, and I was sure that it was going to look really cute once the infection went down. So I'm like riding high, and the next day we go to this country house, which is like north of Florence. The closest thing is this little town called Enghiari. The country house was like 45 minute drive from there. So it's this beautiful house on top of a hillside, and you could look out from this house and just see rolling hills all around you, sunflowers, vineyards, not another neighbor for miles. And one of my favorite things to do on vacation there was to go running because I've always been a runner and I was doing cross country at the time and training. Um, and so I loved to get dropped off at the bottom of this hill and run up it. And this was like five or six miles to the top. Wow, it was probably really beautiful. It was. It was so beautiful the whole time. Just nothing but sunflowers. Um, and I used to make... Lane, my boyfriend, come with me. And he did, mostly, which I loved because, well, mostly because there was this one house along the way, like two miles from his family's house. Um, so we'd already been running like three to four miles at that point. There was this house that had dogs. And I love dogs. They weren't they weren't like the sweet dogs that I know and love. Yeah, these dogs Westminster. Were like, <laughs> <They're> no. <laughs> these dogs like did not have Instagram accounts. Yeah. They were so mangy and kept be behind this really feeble fence. Um, mangy. They almost seemed like half wolf dogs. Like I feel like they got thrown a stake from time to time and that's it. So normally there would be one dog out on the path. Um and it would bark at us, super aggressive. They'd be going nuts. Um, but it would bark at us, and then Lane would bark back at the dog. And Lane was this high school, like Texas high school football star, so he's a pretty big guy, and the dogs would leave us alone. So one day I'm like, Lane, do you want to come run up a mountain on vacation? It's like the hottest day of vacation. And he's like, had enough. He's like, no, I'm not going to run with you Again, like, I'm not going to do it this time. He put his foot down, and so, which is totally understandable. But I was kind of annoyed at the time, and I was like, fine, I don't need you. I'm going to go run by myself. So I set off on this run, and it was really, really hot that day. Um, super beautiful, running past the sunflowers, just listening to music. Um, but by the time I got to the dogs, I was more exhausted than usual. What, you were listening to music? 
Yeah, I was listening to music. Yeah, um, do you remember what song? Or what was your playlist heavy on? Uh, honestly, so this was like 2004. So yeah. I'm pretty sure I was listening to Drop It Like It's Hot. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it was <laughs> hot out. And, yeah, yeah. so really pretty perfect. Yeah, and you've done um, this run before, you know, so it's pretty familiar at this point. Yeah, definitely. And the run, too, it's like this one path up. There's not really any other way to go but up. So by the time I got to the dogs... Um, all of the dogs were out on the path. Broke through the fence. Because it wasn't even a I real so. fence? Yeah. Or, okay. It was kind of just like a really feeble chain-linked fence that was leaning in parts. So I'm sure that they had found an opening or made an opening. Um, all five dogs were out there. That's terrifying. And were there any people around? Like, could you see anyone? No. This was like just the dogs. I couldn't see anything else. But I'm like, you know what? Usually when I go down this path, I just keep running and the dogs ignore me so I'm just gonna do that so I'm feeling pretty nervous but I'm like I guess I'll just you know keep jogging um and I run past them and they're going nuts they're just like really aggressively barking at me and I just keep going and then I'm looking over my shoulder from time to time and I can tell that they're getting more interested in me every turn I took, I would look back and see that the dogs were kind of slowly coming around the corner like they were stalking me. Wow. How many were there? There were you like guess? five to six dogs. Okay. And how big were they? Were these like... Hmm. These were like... Like Sandlot big, that <laughs> dog? Or were they like, you know... These were like up to my waist oh. at least. So pretty big. Wow. Yeah. Um, And they were just, I guess like the best way I could describe them is like wolfy, mangy dogs. Like they're a little bit matted. Not just totally not groomed at all, gray looking, mutts. Wild. Yeah, wild. wild. Okay. These are wild yeah. dogs. Wow. So I noticed that they are stalking me at this point. I forgot that Lane used to yell at these dogs. But I'm like, well, they'll lose interest. But they got more and more excited. They're getting closer and closer, barking louder and more frequently. Um, and so at this point, I'm running at full speed, <laughs> just trying to get away from these dogs. And they are right behind me. And they start n- uh, nipping at my heels. And they're like drooling and snarling. And I start thinking, oh my gosh, is this how I'm going to die? So I start looking around for something to fight them off with, for like a stick or a rock, but there's really nothing to grab. So I'm like, I have to escape. I'm in full fight or flight mode and I'm just flighting. Like I have to run out of here, but I can't really run out of there. So I'm like, okay, what else can I do? Um, Can I try to fight them away? Or I just need to get where they can't reach me. So I'm like, can I climb a tree or like climb a rock or just somehow get away from their gnashing teeth? Uh, But there weren't, there was like nothing. It was just sunflowers, just really worthless (laughs) sunflowers. I just had my, you know, stupid human hands. Like I really felt like I don't have anything to fight them with. I'm just so soft and how could I possibly fight off these dogs with their with their huge teeth. What was like going through your mind at that moment? Besides find a weapon, of course. I would say time did slow down. I remember looking out and being like, man, this is a really beautiful place. And so I'm like, I feel like I'm going to die. And this is all Lane's fault. <laughs> like what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. Like, like he should have come, come with, me. with me. If I make it through, like he's going to hear it. Yeah. 
And so I start screaming for help, but there's not another neighbor for miles. There's nobody. I just like my voice is echoing a little bit off the hillsides, but that's it. So, okay. And so you're, and it's hot out. You mentioned the sun's. Yeah, it's really hot. It's midday. It's like 2 p.m. So it's really like the hottest point of the day at this point. Really dusty. And as far as you can see, it's just sunflowers and like rolling hills. Yeah. You know, like under the Tuscan sun, beauty. But you're thinking this could be it. Yeah, I really don't see a way out at this point. And I know that I'm like at least two miles away from the family's house. And I'm so tired and I'm just like, I don't know if I can go faster. I really don't feel like I can go faster at this point. So I'm like, I need something to save me yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. And they're right up at, at your heels. They're right up at my heels, getting closer and closer. I feel like they're getting more and more excited at this point. And that's when I looked behind me and I saw the pack leader lunge again towards me. And I saw his snout close over my ankle and release. I saw his incisors go into my ankle and come out and just blood started coming out. And that's when I let out this scream that honestly startled me as much as it startled the dogs. Like I've never heard anyone make that kind of sound, let alone myself. I didn't know I could scream like that. What did it sound? Was it like a guttural, like primal? Yeah, scream, it felt or was it really okay. primal. Yeah. Exactly. Really guttural, primal, really loud, and just something you never heard from your own body before. Yeah, yeah, like not even human almost. It just sounded like an animal scream. Thankfully, right then, I also saw like 800 meters ahead of me um, a little house that I hadn't noticed before. So I just book it. I'm so grateful that he bit me, but I was still able to keep running. Like I almost didn't even miss a beat. And, and they're still behind you. They're still, oh, yeah, they're yeah. still behind me. Yeah. They're going nuts. Yeah. They seemed to look a little, like, startled when I screamed, but they were just, like, getting their courage back, mm-hmm. and they're still at my heels this whole time. Wow. So I get this burst of energy that, like, I wish I had at regionals. Yeah. I was just, bam, like, running as fast as I could towards this house, and I'm like, not today, dogs. Yeah, adrenaline. Adrenaline oh. kicking in, like, whoa. So I do gain on these dogs a little bit and I I reached this little house like maybe it had a couple of bedrooms um, I hadn't really noticed it before it was a stone small stone house up some stairs with a big heavy wooden door so I'm like this is my chance I just bound up those stairs open the door slam it behind me and throw myself in the middle of this Italian family's lunch. Wow. And this isn't just like they're having ham sandwiches. This is like the extended family is here having a like five course pasta meal and they're like mouths full of pasta hanging open because there I am in the middle of their home just crying and bleeding and sweating this American speaking English and they didn't speak English but they could tell from what I was pointing at my ankle and seeing the blood what had happened. Yeah. And what were their reaction? Did they jump up from the table or what? how did they take you in? There was definitely a moment of <laughs> trying to figure out what's happening, um, of shock on their part. But then pretty quickly, they kind of jumped into action and they were like, I could tell that they had known about these dogs 
because they seem to be cursing the dogs like, oh, you know, of course those dogs would have done that. Like, da, 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 da. And they kind of just swept me up in commotion. So I'm in the middle of their house and I'm just crying, bleeding. I also was running with my shirt off. I had a sports bra on, but it was so hot. So I'm like shirtless, sweaty, crying, bleeding, just kind of screaming. And so they realize, okay, we feel like we know those dogs. They must have had some incidences with those dogs before. But they're like, she's speaking English. We know that there's a house like two miles up the road and they speak English. So let's just go bring her to these other Americans. She probably belongs to them. Oh, and was it your boyfriend's family? It or was. No? It was. Yeah, oh, wow. It was. Okay. Yeah. So they took me to Lane's family. Okay. Wow. And what was that like showing up? You know, you know? <laughs> it was, uh, I was so just relieved that I was alive and also so upset by what had happened that I didn't even really get to revel in the like, I told you so, like, you should have come with me. Um, there was no but time. But I did feel probably. a little bit of satisfaction with that, like, even as I'm crying and, and explaining what happened and seeing how horrified everyone is. I'm like, Delane feels, feels so a little bad. bit good. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He oh, felt I, really bad. And I could tell right away. So I never brought it up again. I didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the ones who took me to a, a hospital. Okay. Um, and they were like, you know, it's it was like a 30, maybe even 40 minute drive away. Um, and they take me to this little hospital, um, just really country situation. And are they? And how's your ankle feeling at that point? Is there a lot of pain? At this point, I think that it started to ache because I hadn't felt it the whole time before this because of the adrenaline. It just felt numb. Um, but at this point, it is starting to hurt. And I'm like really just ready to go home mm-hmm. back to their Italian house, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, I just am like, all right, let's just get this hospital thing over with. I guess they're going to clean it out. Like, I don't know what they are really going to do if. I didn't even know if is this really necessary, but I'm I'm guessing I probably need stitches. Um, so I'm just kind of like, let's get this over with, and still just kind of dealing with feeling like I'd almost just died. But this hospital was a new set of horrors. So we all know that binge watching TV shows is our society's favorite pastime and current time. But don't get me wrong. Okay, I love doing that as much as the next person. I just finished Mad Men for the first time and I'm currently on Homeland. But because of that, I've been feeling a little guilty about neglecting my reading list. Well, that's why Blinkist is there, right? It makes it easy to catch up. It's the only app that helps you get the key insights of the best nonfiction books in less than 15 minutes. And they're made for mobile format means you can read or listen anywhere. And I've been listening to Blinkist rather than scrolling through social media during little periods of downtime. And it's actually been really amazing. Yeah, it's been such a great way to incorporate books into my daily routine. And the Blinkist library is massive with everything from classics to current bestsellers. My recent favorite is Men Explain Things to Me by Rebecca Solnit. Basically, a feminist is talking about all the mansplaining that happens. And it's a really great way to just blow off steam about, you know, that awful phenomenon. Wow. I can't wait to meet some man who's going to try to explain to me about that book. Psych. <laughs> no one likes mansplainers. That's really cool, though. I was reading up on uh, this one called Getting Get Your Shit Together by Sarah Knight. Mm. I'm really into the, all the productivity ones. They have a lot of, in there about, you know, kind of how to reorganize your life and your thoughts and everything. So, Big And fan. good news, for a limited time, iSurvivor listeners can get a free seven-day trial. You're welcome. At Blinkist.com slash Survivor. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. 
Blinkist.com slash Survivor. That's where you start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash Survivor. All right, Wagawe, which do you want first, good news or bad news? Let's go with the bad news first. Good call. Well, the bad news is I cannot remember if I left my curling iron plugged in, and I'm terrified to go home to flames. But the good news is that I definitely remember to take my Ritual vitamin. Nice. I never forget to take mine either. Ritual is the only vitamin company that I trust because they're totally transparent. All of their ingredients and sources are 100% out there for the world to see. Exactly. And Ritual contains only the cleanest forms of the nine essential nutrients that women need most. Hey, yo. So instead of taking a handful of those horse pills, all you need is two daily capsules. And they don't have this weird chalky taste. So Ritual Vitamins are minty fresh, and they're actually pleasant to take every morning. Oh, and the best part? Ritual is subscription-based. You can just set it and forget it like a crock pot, except it's vitamins. And it's only a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients your bod needs delivered each month to your door. Major shout-out to the women who are able to live life and create it. So let's get our bodies and nutrients we need. Visit Ritual.com slash Survivor to start your ritual today. That's Ritual.com slash Survivor. Okay, so you're in the hospital, but that's not the end of this story, is it? So it's a small hospital, and uh, the staff who was helping me also didn't speak English very well. So the nurses, as they start cleaning me up, and then they start telling me that I'm going to need some shots. And at this point, I start freaking out again, because I'm like, shots? Like, why do I need shots? What kind of shots? Who needs shots? And in their broken English, they tell me that I'm definitely going to need some shots. Or in their words, rabies. Rabies. Like, I'm going to need some rabies shots, which I don't know if you know about rabies shots, but they're, okay, so in the 80s, we used to give rabies shots, I think, oh my gosh, I think it was like, I don't know, 8 to 12 shots in your stomach with a foot-long needle. So these are like the worst shots, so like the Martin Screlly of shots. Yeah. And this was Italy, 2004 in the country, so I'm like... I'm assuming that it's the same. And I'm trying to talk to the nurses about it. Like, you're going to give me shots, like, in my stomach, like, with a big needle in my stomach. And I'm just, like, crying all over again. And they think this is really funny. Oh, no. So they're, like, kind of laughing at me. And they're like, yeah, like, yeah, it's the shots in your stomach. Like, no big deal. Um, so I'm like, okay, well. And you already hate needles. I hate needles so much. This is like the worst thing that could happen to me, having rabies shots. Yeah. I knew about this rabies shots because my dad had, back in the 80s, had picked up a raccoon, found a raccoon on the side of the road that was um, injured. And so he wanted to help this raccoon. So he was trying to get the raccoon to a vet. Um, the raccoon turned around, bit him, and ran away. So instead, my dad had to get these rabies shots and told me in detail how awful it was to get them in his stomach. So actually, rabies shots is something that I'd been scared of my whole life. But yeah, so rabies shots. So finally, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I survived these dogs. Um, I don't want to go out with rabies. So I'm like, okay. I tell them, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do these rabies shots. So the nurses are like, you know, okay, so that's great. We're going to do these rabies shots. Um, just one thing. We have to let you know there's a slight possibility that you could get HIV 
from the rabies vaccine. Because apparently, from what I could gather, they use a little bit of human blood at some point in the process to make the vaccine. And there's no way at that point that they can know for sure that that person didn't have HIV. Wow, that is a terrifying gamble. Yeah. So then I called my mom. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Any second opinion on I this? I called my mom. Um, I think she was sleeping. I'm like, Mom, um, I got attacked by a wild pack of dogs. And yeah. I, they think I might have rabies. So I need to get a rabies shot. Um, and there's a possibility that I could get HIV. Gosh, every mom's worst nightmare, yeah. right? So I'm like, I feel like this is a really good time to tell you that I got my nose pierced. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, and she was like, oh, my God, I, of course, like, I don't care about your nose. I just i am so happy you're OK. Right. Which is just a survival story in its own right. Definitely. That I dodged that bullet. Yes. So. And, and then what did she think about the rabies shot? Did she. Well, we talked about it and we both came to the conclusion that. I don't feel like those dogs were rabid. I felt like they were hunting me. So they just didn't seem crazy. They seemed like hunters. Yeah. What why did what tells you that? Was it how they chased you? Or? It was how they chased me, yeah, and kind of watching like what I felt like was their psychology as they chased me up the road. Mm-hmm. And how I would explain some of that cuz that is really so interesting and good They kind of like I definitely felt like prey in that situation. And they were snarling and like, but they they didn't look crazy. Like they were just motivated yeah. f- by a disease, like their brains, something was wrong with their brains. They, they weren't just, frothing at the mouth. Right, they, they were weren't just frothing. Chasing as a pack. Right. Okay. And the way that they started chasing me was like, they were barking at me and I almost feel like they were testing me a little bit. And then I start running and what I remember is them getting more and more and more excited so it wasn't like they were out of the bat just insane they were getting a pack mentality on a hunt yeah they were on a hunt mm-hmm. and the, and where they bit you to the ankle I guess that makes sense if they want to wound whatever they're chasing that seems like right. a very instinctual thing for a dog so I had heard I heard like right after that that some dogs can hunt well they do hunt their prey on the run um, they definitely don't hunt when, when you're not running. So they like to get their prey running, and then they take them down while they're on the run. And I had heard that they hunted by cutting their prey's Achilles. Um, I'm so glad that that did not happen to me. Um, I've heard other people say they do want to get you running and just try to take you down however they can. Um, so I'm so grateful that I was able to keep going because I just really don't think, feel like I'd be here. Yeah. If they had gotten me down. Back at the hospital, you're, at, you're talking to mom. Yeah, so we're back at the hospital, and I just tell them that I am not going to get these rabies shots, um, which felt so good to say. Because honestly, I feel like the only thing scarier than rabies are needles yeah, to me. Okay, so they did clean it out, and then they're like, you know, we're going to—it's okay. You don't have to get these rabies shots. We're just going to—we're going to put the dogs in quarantine— and watch them for like 10 days to three weeks. And if they start acting funny, then you're going to have to come back and get these rabies shots. Wow. 
So they also knew about the dog family? Was this like a notorious? They didn't. Okay. But But I just explained the situation and then that's why they were like, okay, I really feel like. We'll track these dogs down, monitor them and see. Yeah. And they said that there wasn't an outbreak of rabies in that area for like 34 years. So actually the chances were small that it was rabies, which I'm like, why didn't you tell me that before you said I needed rabies shots? I almost got those rabies shots. So they're like, okay, we'll watch, you know, if anything, if they start acting weird, you're going to have to come back. And then to finish treating the wound, they told me that they were going to have to stitch me up now. So they do. They just start stitching me Whoa. up. With no anesthetic, no numbing, no, no nothing. Okay. Not even ice. Whoa. So my Lane's mom came in and held me down. I actually think Lane and his mom were both holding me down because I am just freaking out that I am just feeling this needle go in. And at this point, by the way, fully feeling the situation, like the adrenaline is gone from the dogs and I can feel everything. So that was the worst thing, definitely. And then the nurses were laughing after that and they were like, uh, we just wanted to ask you, um, kind of in broken English, they were like, what was worse, us or the dogs? And then they were laughing and I was like, uh, you guys, yeah. yeah, you guys, that was the worst thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. hands down. And also some nurses, I think, can treat you with kid gloves, or in my experience, they will. They're like, oh my gosh, honey, you're scared. Okay, don't worry. I just feel like these nurses weren't like that, but they were nurses in the countryside. They'd probably seen a bunch of awful things. They were just more hardened, you know? So I don't feel like they were trying to make fun of me. They mm. were just like, this is so silly. Yeah, because it wasn't like a tourist hospital or a place where no. they're like, okay, you know, embassy. Right. Okay. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. I don't know how many rooms were in this hospital, but they weren't many. Okay. Yeah, there wasn't even like a lobby that I remember. There was just kind of like a hallway that most of Lane's family was in waiting while I was in a very small room um, getting stitched up. Wow. How was the rest of the vacation then? Do you have a couple more days in Italy? We did. I took it easy. Yeah. I definitely did not run yeah. again. Yeah. Have you been back to Italy since this? I actually haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel like that's on purpose or is it more kind of the opportunity hasn't come up? No, it's just the opportunity hasn't come up. I think that I I would definitely go back, and I want to say that I wouldn't run alone again, but that's not really true, because I don't want this experience to hold me back, because I love to run. Yeah. Do you still run? I do, yeah. yeah. I run a lot, and I really like to run by myself, too. It's a really good way for me to just, you know, release stress, and it's really fun to run in new places, because you just, it's a cool way to see the whole city. The area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that... Lately, I've been thinking, man, when I do this, if it's out in the wilderness, I should probably have a weapon or like mace would be great or something really loud, like a little horn. But the biggest thing that I learned is if is not to run from dogs. So that's absolutely not what you're supposed to do. If you ever are in the situation, you're supposed to make yourself really big, stand your ground, be really loud, don't show fear and don't run. And I basically did all the wrong things. <laughs> wow, that is so good to know, though. Yeah. I would not have known that. Yeah, it's because they feed off your fear, and I, I feel like that's what was happening, too, is, like, they realize, oh, well, just kind of, like, perfect prey right now. All I did was run. Jen, what was your folks' reaction after you got back? Were they like, okay, 
the nose ring is cute. <laughs> Show us your leg. Or what, what was that like going home then to see them? Oh, uh, it was definitely just like the best thing that could happen to me having a nose ring because the nose ring just didn't even matter at that point. Um, yeah, they were just really happy that I was alive and so happy that I'd made it back. Yeah. And safely. did you have any complications with the it healing up or anything? So no rabies surfaced. Yeah, no, yeah. not rabbit. Yeah, yeah so no rabbit. Happy. Yeah, <laughs> can't grow, not rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the show. No, <laughs> well, that's really yeah. good. Thank you so much for sharing your story. That is truly terrifying to have oh. to go through, but I'm really Thanks glad for you're okay. Me. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, and, and, so, and I do like still love dogs. Yeah, too. yeah. For the longest time after that, though, I like didn't want to be near them at all. I was like really scared of dogs, but. Yeah, now I love them again, just not when they're wild. Yeah, that's gone away, and you're back to running, yeah. living your life, and we'll probably travel to Italy again sometime. Yeah, right? we're I young. think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kat. Cool, thank you. That's it for this episode. Thank you to Cat Crow for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of I Survivor. If you did, subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening to this. And if you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe the cover art of this podcast. You'll find episode notes, including some details you may have missed. You'll also find our email address there, isurvivor at wondery.com, and links to our Facebook group and social media profiles. We'd love to hear your stories. You should also check out the show notes to find some information about our sponsors, like Blinkist. You can go to Blinkist.com slash Survivor to start your free seven-day trial. Another way you can support the show is by filling out a small survey at wondery.com slash survey. It'll help us make the show better for listeners like you. And who doesn't want that? This episode was hosted by me, Jenna Brister, and Wagatwe Wenjuki. Sound design by Bay Area Sound. Audio engineering by Sergio Enriquez. Produced by Leah Sutherland. Executive produced by Abby Fentress Swanson. Executive produced by Marshall Louis and Hernan Lopez for Wondery. If you're Gen X like me, your childhood probably sounded like some combination of and but not so long ago, video games were almost exclusively played by the programmers who made them. On our new series, we're telling the story of how video games broke out of university computer labs and found their way straight to the heart of popular culture. I'm Steven Johnson, the host of Wondery's show American Innovations where we tell the stories behind the inventions that have shaped our modern world. Listen to video games on American Innovations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Wondery app.